Please hold the line. We will answer your call as soon as possible. Welcome to this edition of Please Hold. Today my guest is Joe Fernandez, who is the co-founder and CEO of Joy Mode. Joy Mode gives you access to everything that you want to use but don't want to own. Thanks for being here today. Thanks. So I first want to talk about your education. Um, you went to the University of Miami. That's right. The U. And <laughs> it's got an interesting reputation, University of Miami. Yeah. Did you have a good time in school? Uh, I think the, the reputation of University of Miami is pretty different from the reality. It's actually like a pretty small school. Okay. And the city of Miami overruns the school. So uh, I had a reasonable time, but it wasn't like, it's not what I think probably people imagine Miami being like. So you were just on the beach every day, uh, hanging out. You not, did real work. A little bit of work, uh, not a lot of <laughs> hanging out. I really like had no money. And uh, you know, I lived on campus like all four years in the dorm. Uh, so it wasn't like super glamorous at all. Weather was good. The weather's great <laughs> yeah. in Miami. The weather was good, but um, it wasn't super glamorous. Tell me about the academic side of things, because I went to USC and got a business degree. Yeah. And I don't know if you got the same experience I had, but it was basically the degree what became a very small part of my entrepreneurial education. It was mostly talking to entrepreneurs, watching them, seeing what yeah. they do, reading books, guest speakers. It wasn't, this is now a business plan and a feasibility analysis and sort of the, the mini MBA track. Yeah. Um, were you a good student? Did you get a lot out of the academic side? Actually, so I had very high grades, but did not graduate. Um, oh. And then a weird thing I had, you know, I think you need like 120 credits to graduate. I think I have like 140 credits, but in all the wrong class. Like I don't have credits that add up to like a degree. So I went four years, have more than 120 credits, and did not graduate. Which okay. is like the, maybe the dumbest thing <laughs> ever. And I just took classes that I thought were interesting. Uh, a lot of those were in business. Uh, not a lot of those have served me very well. I think to your point, like, you know, the like, you learn more playing the game than you do studying the game. Uh, the one class that I probably relate back to the most was a public speaking class. It was actually like tangibly helpful. Um, uh, yeah, but I had kind of a weird college thing. <laughs> Were you trying to be one of the cool tech kids that dropped out before that became cool? Was that... No, like I literally went four years of school and like all the way through and have more credits than you need to graduate. Was that an accident? Did you like, think you were graduating and then they're like, no, you can't walk? There's like no rational explanation for okay. it. Except that I just thought the required courses were stupid. And I didn't, so I didn't take them. <laughs> you showed them. <laughs> Taught them a lesson. Um, so uh, a few years after college, well, almost seven, eight years after you didn't graduate, yeah. um, you co-founded Clout. You ran it as its CEO, um, and it was seven years and change before it was acquired. Yeah. Um, I remember being at LeWeb, I want to say 2011, in London, I think. And you were on stage with Alexia from TechCrunch. Yeah. <laughs> and she was giving you a really hard time. And I think the, the crux of her argument was, Michael Arrington cannot possibly have a higher clout, store, clout score than Barack Obama. That just makes no sense. The system doesn't work. Right. And you were defending it. Uh, tell me about that. What was so controversial about clout? 
I mean, there are a lot of things controversial about clout. Um, you know, clout struck a nerve in the sense that, like, this new medium of social media came on the scene, and people were trying to figure out, like, did it matter? Did it not matter? Like, you know, you went from MySpace, where it was like, felt like it was clearly a kid's thing, mm -hmm. to now all of a sudden, like, well, Twitter feels a, like a little bit more substantive, and like LinkedIn is a whole other thing, and like, what, what does this stuff mean? And we kind of planted a flag in it and said, like, you know, we're the, the arbitrators of influence. And we didn't just plant the flag, we like put, came up with a number and put it next to your face. And, uh, Was it for every Twitter user automatically, you had to sign up for Cloud? It was everyone. Okay. <laughs> so like, you know, like at this point, like a, more than a billion people have Cloud scores. Uh, you know, whether they want them or not. Whether they want them or not, it's opt out, not opt in. Okay. Uh, good, so like, gro good growth hacking technique. <laughs> uh, so we did things that like, yeah, like piss people off, and we got a, among the things we got flack for, for some very deservedly, uh, but among those things was this like, how can you tell me? The one we would always get is like, how can you say Justin Bieber is more influential than Barack Obama? Was it Bieber, not Arrington? Yeah, it was like Bieber was higher score. Okay. Like literally, it was like uh, the BBC like ran a show about like how stupid we were because we said Bieber was more influential. Wait, is he more influential on Twitter anyway? I mean, it was so we we actually showed data that like here is within the same twenty minute window, Obama and Bieber sh each shared a YouTube link, and the Obama one got like. I don't know, 14,000 clicks, and the Bieber got one like 2 million in like the next few hours. So my feeling was like, you're not mad at Nielsen when the top rated show is like Jersey Shore or something stupid, as opposed to like, you know, an educational show on PBS. Right. Like, why are you mad at, like, we're just, we're, we're not, You're just the messenger. Yeah, we're not. This wasn't an editorial curated. Like, here's the data. Here's why. You know, here's proof that the data is real. Uh, but we certainly got a lot of flack from that. And as the score evolved, we added more and more signals. Like Wikipedia became a signal, and like a bunch of other things, where that became less of an issue. But in those early days, it was like who had the highest score? Or I guess that changes. It changed over time. Obama ended up with like a 99. And I think Bieber dropped to like a 97. Oh man. Uh, and I, yeah, I don't know kind of where it is now. <laughs> um, did you ever get the equivalent of a takedown notice for a cloud score? Like were people upset to be on the platform without their permission? Got all sorts of stuff. I mean, like literally got death threats. <laughs> Why'd you get death threats? Uh, we, it all started, we changed the algorithm and a lot of people's scores dropped. Mm. And uh, if you Googled clout phone number, my cell phone came up. And so hashtag Occupy Clout was trending on Twitter for like two days with my phone number. Like call, it said like call the clout CEO, Joe Fernandez, to like complain about your clout score. Oh and God. people were like, you know, people were very emotional about it because it was like tied to their I don't know, their like status and their like self 
perception. And it was like, you know, when you Google yourself and your name comes in like fifth instead of first, you're maybe a little annoyed at Google, but when you like go to Clout and your number next to your face dropped from like 60 to 48, like it's, it was a very visceral reaction. And uh, yeah, people get riled up. <laughs> Something went right, right? Because you were able to sell this company, you did, very, you did well, yeah. investors did well. Um, what went right enough to make this valuable for the world to eventually be acquired? Yeah, I'm really proud of what we built and um, and specifically like the team we built and you know what they like enabled us to achieve. Uh, you know, I had done a lot of things in the past that were like maybe right idea, wrong time, and even more things that were like wrong idea anytime. <laughs> so it was fun with Cloud that it was like really was right product, right time. Like the world was changing. Your you know, everybody was a broadcaster and uh, you know, every form of broadcast media from print to TV to radio had been measured. So like the fact that we were measuring it, um, it was just a very timely thing. And when you went beneath the surface of the cloud score and the hype, like there was actually a, like, uh, you know, our API had like, still has billions of transactions a day. It's like one of the top three or five most used APIs in all of tech. Wow. And, uh, you know, tons of businesses from like hotels in Vegas where it's built in the reservation system where like you check into a hotel and they upgrade your room because of your cloud score. Or like you call a, a for, for support and a 1-800 number and they wrap your call to a manager because of your cloud score. Like things people don't even know about. Um, and then we also worked with like more than half of the Fortune, other like Edelman Top 100 advertisers at the Adweek Top 100. It's been a while since I've been in that world, but yeah. uh, uh, but these are all the top influencers that advertisers want to reach, hotels yeah, want to so please, all, yeah, so customer all, service reps care about. Yeah, so we had like a real business. Like we were you know doing double digits, millions of revenue, and like growing, and uh, so there was the like you know people. Cloud score became a meme, but the like cloud business was like a legit thing. Do you think you would have made it without all that controversy? Did that get you a lot of press that really helped things? Yeah, it's tough to say. It was kind of our like best asset and worst enemy. Um, Cause like, I mean, if you go on Amazon, I think there's eight books about cloud and another like 20 or 30 where cloud is like a meaningful thing. And like cloud was big in Japan and big in Brazil and like, all around the world. And so the press and hype fueled that and like, you know, it could get meetings with anybody. And we like, when I started, there was probably five other companies trying to do influence scores and we just like became the standard. Um, press fueled a lot of that, but it also kind of betrayed the value beneath the water and yeah, the, the score was just like a small portion of what we did. You're, you grew up in Vegas, right? You went to Miami for school. You came back to LA after graduation. Or I, actually, I wrote this before I knew you didn't graduate. Uh, so after non-graduation. Moving on from transitioning. <laughs> transitioning from a school you didn't graduate from, but you stayed up for four years. I have um, more credits. You were in New York for a couple years, um, Singapore for yeah. a little bit, but you kept 
coming back to California. Um, what's so special about this state and um, why are you now in LA? Yeah, I mean, LA's really been uh, my favorite place. Like, I've lived in a bunch of places, and I came to LA first in 2000, like right after college. I was here five years, and um, what and brought I, you to LA? You just liked I it? actually got a job out of school that moved me to LA uh, as an engineer, and uh, so I moved to LA for work. And then I stayed here, yeah, for like the next five years. Um, and I went to New York for five years, and then San Francisco for six years, and then came back. Did you need to do clout in San Francisco to make it work? I think so. I think, you know, at that time, 2007, 2008. Um, Very different time. It was different. And we were doing big, big data. Like, we, you know, the, when I left clout, we were processing like 20 billion pieces of information a day. Um, most of our engineering team, like we hired from Google and we hired from Facebook and like those types of folks and that type of computing and kind of analysis was just more, real, more, more available up there and we were building on top of Twitter and Facebook. Uh, so it was really important to me to be like best friends with those guys. Mm -hmm. Like our actual office, our first office in San Francisco was in the Twitter building, like right beneath them and, you know, use that to like build relationships and kind yep. of be in that world. Do you think today that'd be any different or you still would need to be up there to build that type of company? I think it's a lot, you have a lot more options today. I think for cloud, you still might have had like, most, uh, like what we're building at Join Mode, I don't consider like super hard tech. Mm -hmm. Cloud was super hard tech. Like we got 20 or 30 patents and like built some pretty amazing stuff. Uh, most startups aren't like that. And I think actually being in San Francisco is to your detriment. Cloud, I think, is maybe one of the few companies that it, it could make sense. Yeah. Your Twitter profile says you're trying to get enough beans to make a burrito. Uh -huh. um, and I've known you for a while, and you're pretty obsessed with Mexican food, uh, as am I. Uh, what's the best taco you've ever had, and how do you compare the food between SoCal and Northern California? I think down here is definitely better. Uh, there's a couple good spots up there. Like, it's not bad up there at all, but like. Is there one best taco you've had in your life? Oh, man, that's tough. It's a, I have tacos for all the different moods. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I've never heard that there's different tacos for different moods. There is, yeah. Okay. Uh, and yeah, we're, our office for Join Mode is in downtown LA. And we, as a team, go to lunch in like Boyle Heights and East LA and Lincoln Heights and places that like. Um, it's basically Mexico. Yeah, and like where most, a lot of Angelinos don't go. Uh, and, you know, and, uh, get to. We go deep in the taco scene. <laughs> um, so let's talk about Joy Mode. It's your latest startup. Um, there's this ongoing trend, especially among younger consumers, to not want to own stuff. Um, I don't want to own a car, I'll just Uber. Or I don't want to buy fancy clothes, so I'll do Rent the Runway, yeah. on and on. Um, is it that simple? Is Joy Mode just filling the gap for stuff I might need but just don't want to own? A little bit. I mean. I hate owning stuff, and that's kind of where the, this started. And I, I found that I didn't 
do things. Like there were things, like my wife and I never went camping. She's from Montana and like we've never gone camping because I was like, never wanted to buy camping stuff. Uh, <laughs> and I hate the idea that of being constrained by physical belongings. Um, so I, you know, I think joy mode is timely in that there's this mega trend that people care more about experiences than they do ownership. And it's literally thousands of years of like your status being based on like how many oxen you own or like how far in the suburbs you move to fill your house with crap. Uh, to now it's like, how great is your Instagram feed? And it's your Instagram feed is great because of all the cool stuff you do. And like you live in a city and you live in a small apartment and you don't want to own stuff. Uh, like that change is happening right now. Uh, so, you know, there is a like, we're betting on this trend that people want to own fewer things, but we're also enabling people to do way more things than they would have imagined. It's very common for somebody to use joy mode and say like, oh, I never thought of hosting a movie night in my backyard, but because you'll deliver the screen, the projector, the speakers, an old timey popcorn machine, everything I need, and I can push a button and it comes to me like, that sounds awesome, I'll totally do that. So we're, we're also opening the door for things that you may not have known you wanted to do. What's the uh, craziest experience, craziest experience that you guys have hosted? And we've got over 100 experiences now, and we add a new experience almost every week. So uh, one of the funny ones I really like is we have a Nerf Battle Royal, it's called, and it tends to be used for companies, like in offices. We'll drop off like 50 Nerf guns. Uh, and not just the Nerf guns, but like smoke machines, uh, fog machines, and strobe lights, and animal onesies, <laughs> and Nerf, Nerf gun GoPro attachments. Wow. Uh, so that you can Sounds go, very comprehensive. So you can go crazy on like reenacting <laughs> World War II. Do you guys test all the stuff yourselves before you? Yeah, I mean, we have to. Yeah. So it's like I'm sorry, part of the job. Sounds hard. Yeah. What's the most popular experience? There's a, a group of experiences that are really popular, like first time experiences. So like backyard movie night, which I've talked about, uh, our virtual reality stuff. We have like the Oculus and the PlayStation VR and a bunch of different VR kits. Camping is really popular. Um, beach stuff is really popular. A lot of those are like kind of the on ramps. And they're great because they're things you do with your friends, so it's a great introduction to join mode for other people. Uh, it's really interesting though because the like what we see in the ongoing engagement is a lot of times, like our cleaning experience is super popular. It's a high-end Dyson vacuum, a steam mop, and a like stain remover, and we've got you know, five or six sets of them now every weekend. Wow. Uh, we've got an overnight kit which is like a really high-end inflatable mattress, sheets, pillows, blankets, towels, everything if you're having a guest but don't have a guest room. Um, we have like tools that, you know, simple tools, like you're just moving into an apartment and you wanna like hang pictures. Do you have a painting experience? We don't have a painting one yet. Uh, that is on the list. Uh, I guess that's a consumable too. Maybe yeah, so we're time. like, you know, and we do have some consumable-ish things, but, um, so it's an interesting mix between group activities and like really utility-driven things. 
What do you think the limits are to, I know you don't like to use the word rental, but I'm just yeah. going to call it the, the not wanting to own but use economy. Um, am I one day going to rent a crib for my newborn and then when my daughter's big enough, I'm going to get a twin bed and rent that and when she's big enough, I might get a bigger bed and like, is this going to apply to everything in my life or is it limited to experiences or things I might do less I often? I think it's pretty broad actually. Uh, yeah, there's no doubt we, all are go we are all going to continue to own things. What we want to make possible is that you can own fewer things that are higher quality that you care more about. And you know, I, we, we both have young kids and like, it's actually a great example where they like quickly grow through, either grow out of or lose interest in lots of stuff. So like, mm -hmm. we haven't really attacked that market yet, but I think there's a lot of potential. But uh, yeah, there, we are constantly surprised with the use cases that our customers come to us and say like, hey, do you guys have this? I wish. I wish I could get this from Joy Mode instead of buying it. That's a great uh, source of um, yeah. We products. love it. We love like the you know being inspired by our members for sure. So um, you and I had our first kid around the same time. You're slightly ahead of me. Um, how has this affected you as an entrepreneur? Are you still as ambitious? Do you still um, make put in as much time, or yeah. are your trips shorter and your meetings uh -huh. are a bit shorter because you want to get home? Uh, it's definitely different. The um, one thing that's been really lucky, you know, this stage of joy mode, we are only focused on LA. So there's like not really a reason for me to travel. So I've done less travel in the last year or so than like almost any time in my life, uh, which has been really nice for the family. Uh, I work about the same. It's shifted. I, I'm a really early morning person in general. So like, I used to be at the office about super early. Uh, now morning is when I spend with kids and I show up at the office like 9 or 10. I end up staying late when uh, you know, I, I usually don't get to see kids before they go to sleep because I'll be at the office. Uh, the hardest part is I knew at Clout, if I needed to power through a weekend, if I can be in the office, I could do it. It's just but like, it's not really as much of an option now. So like, uh, so that, that means I have to be really focused on what I need to accomplish each day. And so I'm a lot more ruthless, I suppose, with like- With your time. T delegating and like time management, um, because I know that there's not, Slack where I could like catch up if I need to. Yep, that makes sense. Um, what do you think the biggest threat to Joy Mode is? If you're really successful and Amazon looks at the space and they're like, we have all this stuff in our warehouse, <laughs> we can ship overnight, why don't we just do this? I mean, is that, is that what keeps you up at night or what do you think is the biggest threat? Weirdly, I'm like a lot more worried about Netflix than I am Amazon. Really, explain and, that. Uh, so yeah, Amazon, you know, obviously an amazing company, obviously could do just about anything they put their mind to. Uh, and they, they do have warehouses kind of not just across the country, but in like multiple in every city. Uh, 
they are built for hundreds of thousands, millions of things to go out and like 1% of stuff to come back as returns. It's like non-trivial to actually flip that to be like everything that goes out comes back. Uh, the process and like changes that that requires are like, and at the scale they are at, mm -hmm. uh, you know, not that they couldn't do it if they put their mind to it, but like it would, it's not a like, shoot, let's try it and see what happens. It's like, it would take a lot of work. When I say I'm more worried about Netflix, like our real challenge is even though we make it really easy for you to go camping or go to the beach or uh, do any number of things, it will always be easier to sit on your couch and watch Netflix. Hmm. And so you're competing with people doing lazier nothing. stuff yeah. or nothing. And like that, like, you know, I, I call it like the war on busyness. It's really easy for everybody to say like, oh, let's totally do that. But not, not, not this weekend. Mm. <laughs> and like that is our real challenge. Interesting. It's also our real opportunity. I think the Joy Mode brand has the potential to stand for like, I want to spend time with my friends and family in the real world. I like, I'm a person who goes and does stuff and doesn't just sit on the couch. Uh, but like, I feel like our, I'm more afraid of Netflix than Amazon. For people watching this, if they hear about Joy Mode and they're like, wow, I really want to try that out. Um, where are you live today and where aren't you live? Yeah, so right now we are just in LA. Okay. Uh, in a pretty big chunk of LA, and, but still expanding. You know, the goal is, I think what we saw in the last few years with a lot of these localized companies is they like over expanded and then kind of contracted. Um, we really want to get LA right and get our legs under us. We have a kind of company value that like, we will not let your experience fail. Like, do you get a karaoke machine from us? It's not acceptable to have 20 people at your house excited about karaoke and like the plug, we forgot to deliver the plug and you can't use it or, or just it's confusing to use and you can't use it. Like, mm -hmm. So we've really methodically grown like step by step so that like we get these things right and your experience is guaranteed to be amazing. Do you have 24-7 customer service then yeah, as a result? Like, yeah. And like, is it your cell phone number still? <laughs> it's uh, what we have. You can chat through the app and you will always get somebody. Okay. And if you call in, it will like ring everybody. Wow. Uh, uh, so we want to get LA right. Hopefully in 2018, we'll be ready to expand to more cities. But yeah, this is a company I want. I think we have a chance to build something really important and it's okay for it to take time to accomplish that. So yeah. I'm not rushing to be in 50 cities tomorrow. The patience and wisdom of a seasoned entrepreneur. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thanks for being on today. Thank you. Did you like what you just saw? You want to see more? Go ahead and subscribe. We have new episodes every Tuesday. And if there's someone you want to see on the show, just add them as a comment down below. We'll take a look and we'll have them on if we can. Thanks again.